And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, this Positive Head podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I, but make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at PositiveHead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal, so our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods, and as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head the same way a Fitbit reminds you to keep active makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. Uh, lastly, we also recently added a unique new line of t-shirts that have what we call chemistry quotes written out on them that help to spread the positivity as well. So head over to PositiveHead.com, check out all our wares, pick something up to show us your support if you feel inclined to do so. All right, all you positive heads, back again for another episode of the Positive Head Podcast. Mr. Dalian, the alien, thank you for descending upon the show. Hi. (laughs) I wasn't at my spot yet when you hit record because I was busy distributing Palo Santo. Ah, Dalian always burns a little Palo Santo before we start recording. For those of you who know what Palo Santo is, it's amazing. Um, For those of you who don't, 
find out. It's really amazing. You you want to be in the Palo Santo Club because yeah. it is amazing. It is. It is indeed. It's, yeah. No, there's something about Palo that's really special, huh? Um, when I went back to Nashville, Brandon, mm-hmm. like six years ago, mm-hmm. um, my father had already uh, sort of delved deeply into his um, new practice as a healer, which is something he's become oh, over wow. the last few years. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I was uh, a little surprised to find out is that he burned Palo, Palo Santo as part of his practice. What it did is that it immediately triggered all these memories of childhood, because I guess we had Palo Santo in Chile, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and I had smelled it before, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah, and so um, I, I instantly, you know, got that like sort of familiar association with the smell. Mm-hmm. But also, the smell itself is really just sort of soothing, right? It puts you in a certain kind of frame of mind, right? And I guess that's why they use it, maybe yeah. as an aromatic wood. Yeah, it's like, you know, I've heard it referred to as like the sweet, sweet wood or sacred wood. And it's used sort of, for those of you who are familiar with sage, sort of like sage to clear energy in a room or just kind of, it, to me, it's, I like it a lot more than sage. It's very, it just has, has this very sort of um, nostalgic, familiar smell. I don't know how to quite put a finger on it, but it makes you, it's, yeah, it's definitely has a certain vibration that it instantly brings to the room if it's being burned. So I would recommend if you guys uh, have a chance and haven't ever checked it out, check it out. Indeed. So yeah, there, that's a Yeah, you can actually bit. order it. My friend uh, Brandon and uh, Dan actually sell Palo Santo oil and wood and pendants. You can actually go on to uh, Etsy, um, and if you go to Etsy, or I guess it's, you would go to, hold on, let's see, Kulumiski is the name of their company, so it's K-U-L-U-M-I-S-K-I, so uh, com. it will take you to their store, and you can order some Palo Santo sticks and oil and whatever else, even, uh, I, we even put it in our diffuser here, it's uh, pretty amazing, so check it out. Ah, oh, good stuff. Their stuff is from the source uh, as well because yeah, your friend Brandon travels to, uh, where is it, Ecuador? Mm-hmm, yep. Where, where he, uh, yeah, there's quite a, as you referenced, there's quite an interesting tale, which I think you can listen to. On one of the, the old podcasts, yeah, we yeah. tell the story of going down there and haven't talked to him in a bit. Uh, hope he is doing well. Yeah, awesome guy too. It's pretty much the sort of person you imagine working with Palo Santo because as we just gave you a little bit of a, you know, introduction to the whole vibe and thing about Palo Santo. Uh, this guy, Brandon, is uh, just someone who's just very zen. I know that's an Eastern thing. We're talking about a South American aromatic wood, but uh, yeah, Brandon is just makes perfect sense that he would be working with this. Totally. It's like the spirit of Palo Santo thing took him over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, speaking of um, spirits taking over, you've got a story about uh, something mysterious today, don't you? Yes, I have a story about something along those lines, Brendan, as you were sort of playfully teasing there. Uh, it's uh, an interesting article from a site that I hadn't found before, and this is a link you sent me. Uh, the site is Sapientia Ex Animo, so it's uh, some sort of Latin phrase there, S A P I E N T I A E X A N I M O. Spientia ex animo, which I think means something about uh, knowledge out of from the spirit. I think it possibly may mean mm-hmm. spientia means you know better than knowledge. Me. Yeah, <laughs> that's my my stab at Latin. But uh, it's interesting. It's actually a WordPress website, so it's that URL 
www.wordpress.com. Okay. But it's got um, some articles that are pretty well-written, Brandon, uh, about ancient structures. This is a category, and, and in other categories, but this is a category you will find this particular article in. And it's about ancient builders and uh, ancient monuments, uh, some of the uh, most well-known sacred sites on Earth, right? These megalithic structures mm-hmm. and how they have uh, a very interesting sound uh, properties that would be tied to mind-altering effects, Mm. right, that they sought to induce. These are things that have been claimed before, Brandon, but I hadn't seen an article, there's not many of them, I don't think, um, that focus on the sound properties, the acoustic, actually, properties of the structure, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because the, um, you know, they're, again, megalithic, which means that they're made up of, like, oftentimes very large blocks of stone, right? Right. And, um, of course, their structures are, um, their proportions are very um, large, like, these Greek temples, right? They're meant to be large, not just to, you know, invoke a sense of awe, I suppose, but also the acoustics have mm-hmm. something to do with that, right? So the article gets into how uh, places uh, in such diverse places, as they say here, as Ireland, Malta, Southern Turkey, and Peru mm-hmm. all have a peculiar common characteristic. They may have been specially designed to conduct and manipulate sound to produce sens- a certain sensory effects. Hmm. So they get into a... Uh, Later in the article, they mention a temple in Peru called, uh, it's one that I didn't know about, uh, named uh, Chavin de Huancar. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I think it's a coastal temple. So uh, it's uh, made up of, um, I believe it's uh, blocks of granite, but it's arranged in these, uh, they show a photograph of an intact corridor and it's pretty fascinating, Brandon. It's like these like high walls and a narrow corridor, mm-hmm. very much something that you might see in a movie, for example, or something like this. But um Apparently, the priests that served at this facility, they would blow conch shells, and uh, those already were creating, like, an interesting kind of effect, right? right. So then they would blow them... Um, Down the corridors? With, yeah, in certain, exactly. In certain rooms and down corridors in within the structure, and, of course, that would reverberate through the halls. Wow. So that was already creating this, like, cool... Plus, I guess there were, like, rushing waters that would, like, fall down the sides of the building and things like this, right? So all those sounds are already invoking certain states in the in the people they're in right and then they go and mention you know add in for example a little bit of uh san pedro cactus juice or mm, possibly ayahuasca <laughs> usage right and that'll like just send you completely into the next like level of your um consciousness sacred experience so yeah that was really interesting but uh apparently even um i think stonehenge and a few other of these major sites are um you know, possessed of these, some of these properties. It says here, for example, according to experts from London's Royal College of Art, Stonehenge holds more mystery than meets the eye. For many years, enthusiasts and researchers have held that Stonehenge has an audio component, either in its use or construction. Many visitors report that chants and music um, seem to resonate in a strange way at various points within and around the structure, but new insights seem to suggest that the stones themselves were musical instruments. Huh. So that's fascinating because I didn't know about that whole side wow. to Stonehenge, right? I mean, I think one of the things that it's well known for is the stones being arranged in such a circular pattern that, you know, the sun, of course, would um, demarcate certain important, um, I think, uh, passages. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's getting into the solstice and equinox or, or that whole thing. But uh, it's interesting because the article gets into all sorts of things like this, Brandon. Cool. Like I said, I mentioned a couple of the temples, but... Um, there's one temple that's mentioned, I think it's the one in Turkey that's got, um, big slabs of stone as well, right. That are set up in such a way that one of them I think is horizontal and you essentially rub your hand 
uh, against its surface and it just begins to vibrate. Wow. So uh, that one also uh, apparently set up to be sort of a musical instrument like the ones that Stonehenge were just saying. Wow. So that's really pretty interesting. Yeah. It's like our ancestors were uh, much more in tune with a lot of the stuff that we're just starting to, you know, altered states of consciousness and, and techniques to achieve altered states of consciousness. And uh, we're just kind of getting back to that being uh, in vogue again or something. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, um, moving right along, I would like to go into a positive pondering breakdown of the day. And this is a quote actually from a TV show. I believe it's um, Lori Holden from uh, The Walking Dead is what I, I, I saw it sourced. So, um, the quote is the pain doesn't go away. You just make room for it. And this is sort of a continuation of something we talked about, uh, yesterday on the podcast. And, uh, you know, really over the last week, it's sort of been a theme. So there must be a lot of this going on out there, uh, in positive head listener land. I know there's been, uh, some of this going on in my own story of learning to just make room for the, um, for the issues or fears or blockages or insecurities or any of those things that are arising inside of you. You know, we always think to combat these things and what we've been talking about. And I wanted to just continue today because I feel like it is such an important, important topic and such an important thing to really grab onto instead of resisting it, embracing it, making room for it, expanding what you can you know, what you can, what you can be, what you can live with, bringing love to the pain. And how often do we think of that? You know, it's just something that I feel like is a, it's a crucial step in the sort of self-help for those of us who are on this path of uh, self-growth and realizing that it is the most important work to be done. (laughs) uh, You know, how do I combat my demons? How do I combat my demons? And instead of combating your demons, wrap your arms around your demons and love your demons and bring uh, acceptance to them and let them be as they are. And I, I believe very strongly, this is the path to transmuting them and your fears and your insecurities and your, um, disappointment, you know, your disappointment with yourself. Think about that one. I mean, it's something that we've all struggled with so often. You know, I'm a disappointment. I should be doing more. I should have done more. I should have handled this differently. Instead of that story, start telling the story of, I did these things and I love myself for them and I accept myself for them. And I'm going to uh, continue to just bring love to whatever it is that I have uh, done or not done. And this is a an approach that it's sort of like uh, daily in the approach that uh, w- has been tried the least maybe in battling your demons. We have all these sort of different ideas about how to um, move through pain or you know and it all oftentimes ends up in suppression and things like that and this is just making room for it allowing it to be a part of the story allowing and knowing that it is a part of the whole ride it is a necessary um you know context it's a it's a necessary texture to the story of your life and it's going to make so much more sense as the next chapter and pages of your life unfold and if you can start integrating that perspective uh, I know that you will find peace with that perspective and that is the name of the game to find peace, right? So what I'd like to do is actually share a clip here uh, from uh, one of our faithful uh, 
purveyors he, of he, yeah. just awesome wisdom. Pur- purveyors of awesomeness. Uh, Eckhart Tolle. This particular clip I found on the YouTube Karm A uh, page, um, and it's called Trust the Pain in Your Life. Take a listen. So the sense of power or liveness that dwells there, this is where the, what they talk about in trust, the word trust, trusting in life, to have to trust. It's hard to make yourself trust when your primordial condition is fear, which is the primordial human condition in the mind-identified state. Fear and trust can't go together. Trust is simply the absence of fear. So you cannot make yourself trust or even affirmations won't do it. You can even repeat affirmations and put them on your bathroom mirror. I trust in life. I trust that life is supporting me. But you eventually have to go even beyond the affirmation. And the trust arises naturally where you actually don't need any more affirmations because you're there, the reality of it is there. Affirmations are maybe a transitional stage when you have, haven't quite arrived at the reality of it. Then you say, I'm wealthy. But when you have... 50 million in the bank you can take off the affirmation from your bathroom mirror it's obvious you know you're wealthy you don't need to say it anymore Bill Gates doesn't have the affirmation on his bathroom mirror And that's only external wealth. No, he's not. This doesn't is not going to save him. Even with that, he's not. He cannot buy peace. But just giving that example to see when when you have when the reality is obvious and it's there, then you don't need the signpost anymore because every affirmation is a kind of signpost that points you in the right direction. But there comes a point when the signpost isn't needed anymore because you have arrived. <laughs> so that the trust, trust, when you feel you go into the inner body and then there's the first very subtle and then you feel increasingly more intensely the the power, the aliveness, the stillness and yet the incredible energy behind that. And then you know that is actually that is most on the most fundamental level, that's I am that. I'm not the little me in the head. And that is going to, that lives and acts through you. That power is there. And when you know yourself as that, 
That's trust. Then you suddenly, trust is your natural state. No longer something you need to figure out how to get there. Trust is your natural state so that even the concept trust disappears because it's so natural you don't even have a word for it anymore. Many concepts disappear when the reality that to which the concept points arrives, the very mental concept of it is not really necessary anymore. I rarely talk about love, although I did this morning, but I don't talk about it too often. It's, it's an, it arises naturally out of the state of presence. And you don't even, you don't need to keep the concept in your head and tell yourself that I'm loving, a loving being. It's not needed anymore. I sometimes surprised when people tell me things and that, oh, people sometimes, because I'm p p kind of present and people say, oh, you're so patient. Oh, I thought patient? I didn't know I'm patient. I hadn't thought about it as patient. It never occurred to me that I'm patient. I didn't have the whole con this concept at all because patient still means that you're trying hard to be here. There's some kind of effort involved in being patient. But when, you, when true patience is there, you don't even know you're patient. You're just present. Patience still means you're halfway, you're half there and half not there. You're practicing to be patient. Okay, I'll be patient for another half hour, but then I've had enough. <laughs> that, that's practice. <laughs> so it's it's wonderful when these the world of the whole these concepts are not really needed anymore. But there is a stage when they may be helpful. There is a stage when the affirmation on the bathroom mirror is okay. But there is also comes a time when you go beyond that. Uh, you wouldn't want to be staring at a signpost. If you want to get to Rome, you wouldn't be staring at a signpost for years that says Rome that way. And then there are the collectors of signposts. <laughs> they, they have a whole bunch stored up and then compare them. How this compares to that one and to this tradition and he said that and he said that and this. <laughs> and if you become a collector of signposts, then it's hard to let go because you have a precious collection. Now, the best time to, to catch it and watch it is as, as it first arises in you, at the f when you first notice it arising, to immediately be, become very alert with every cell of your body and feel it. There it is. And stay alert. Stay present. Continue to watch. 
This is the beginning of the transmutation of pain. The more you watch, the less it can feed. It loses its energy charge every time you stay present as the watcher of it. It's not gaining new energy. In fact, it's losing energy as the pain body, but the very energy that was trapped in there as the pain body becomes part of the aliveness of who you are. The, we, many people's life energy is, to a large extent, trapped in their pain body. They have little access to their aliveness because the pain absorbs so much of their aliveness. And it's all trapped in there, in a big, unhappy me. And it, nothing is flowing. There's no flow whatsoever. There's only a, a big, a huge contraction. Many human beings are one big contraction. It's amazing. The egoic state is one big contracted state. Nothing flows. And as the energy becomes freed, that's in the pain body, there's an incredible increase in aliveness and vitality. And of course, pain goes. It, won't, it will not go the very first time you do it. You will have to do it many times. It will, many times it will try to arise again and it will arise. Many times you will lose it. You will lose yourself in, in it again. That's right. It's all part of this. There will be times when it will take you over again. And afterwards you remember, oh, there it was, and I missed it completely. You, you might have gone through three hours of drama with your partner, and afterwards you say, oh, that was the pain body. I missed it completely. That's all right. Next time maybe you'll catch it and know that it's there. The, the good thing is that the pain body becomes actually your ally in your presence practice because without it, very few people would have enough motivation to enter the new state of consciousness. Every time the pain body comes, until you know this fact, the pain body will trick you every time and you will lose consciousness every time. But now that you know this, whenever it comes, it becomes incorporated into your practice of presence. So the more often it comes, the better it is. You're lucky. If you have a strong pain body, you're lucky. It's good for your practice. It can become a great teacher. That's, that, is the, that is the most, actually the most powerful part of your practice, is to work with the pain body and see how quickly the transmutation happens when it no longer is an unhappy me, it's simply pain. Not pleasant, but you can allow it, and there's an incredible intensification of presence every time you bring it to the pain body. Now, those of you who have very dense or heavy pain bodies will need more intense presence. Most people who are that I know who have gone to become almost free of pain, there are not yet many who are completely free, but they will be, are people who have had very dense pain bodies. 
because their motivation is stronger to be free. Yeah, so many good points as always, Dalian. You know, um, he talks about moving beyond affirmations and I thought that was a really interesting one because many of us will use those tools, but they're not necessary indefinitely. Um, but, you know, really speaking towards, he touches on multiple things in this talk that are really powerful. I mean, talking about how love arises naturally out of presence or patience arises naturally out of presence and, um, I think those are really interesting points, you know, really getting to trusting the pain. Um, You know, of course, he always talks about different techniques to really uh, deal with this. And he talked about watching when the pain first arises. That's the, 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 you know, before you're fully emerged in it, be very alert and feel it. You know, this is the beginning of the transmutation of the pain when you become the watcher of it. And that's sort of his theme uh, that, once again, circling back on this sort of uh, technique, so important to continually remind ourselves and talk about it in different ways and look at it from different angles. You know, he talked about it. It's losing. um, Essentially, when you become the watcher, instantly the pain's losing energy. And actually, uh, part of the pain body uh, uh, becomes part of now your current aliveness. And I thought that was a very interesting point that he made. And of course, how many human beings, he said, are one big contraction. Uh, and, in, and as soon as this energy becomes free, it's sort of the, the opposite. And you, you can have an increase in vitality and energy. And, and of course, you'll continue to do this many times and you'll miss it sometimes. Like he talks about, you'll lose yourself again. And then three hours later, you'll say, oh, that's what just went down and I didn't catch myself. And I know from experience, I can, I can say this is uh, sort of something that I'm, I'm going through in my own, uh, in my own process right now. You know, I can think of, um, just take a few days ago, an instance with my brother where, you know, we kind of would get into a similar pattern where we would trigger each other. And typically I would get very heated, uh, with him. And, uh, in this case I didn't, and it was great. It felt really great to not get heated, but how many times have I, you know, in the same situation gotten heated. So you're going to see you kind of, uh, as you make, you process through this stuff, don't, re- don't be upset when, when you fail. Don't be upset when you don't wake up to, to it in the process. Just keep, keep on keeping on. And you're, then you're going to see these small victories and those small victories are a sign. Like you're, you're in it. Like it's the beginning of the end for you being, um, you know, stuck being, uh, no longer, he talked about it, no longer being an unhappy me. You, when you're in these moments, it's simply pain. It's not you. It's just simply pain that's present. Um, and it, you know, I thought it was really interesting also daily. And talked about, there's going to be a lot more people breaking free completely. You know, you are one of them listening. If you're listening and you're on this path, you're, you're on the tip of the spear of consciousness on this planet. Anyone who is doing this work is proactively taking the time out of all the millions of things coming at you to focus and tune into this podcast, which is all about, you know, hey, I want to do the work. I want to do the work. I care enough about my own, you know, advancement and self-growth to spend my precious energy uh, tuning into this, you know, this podcast, this vibration. So, Uh, more people are going to be breaking free and you're one of them and congratulations for that just that alone you should be so proud of yourself and and you deserve uh a little pat on the back (laughs) ah i agree brandon very well said especially on that last point because right now i have to say um 
you know, just because of the political season, unfortunately, there's just so many reminders that a lot of people out there really aren't willing yet to take responsibility. And that's one thing that I have to insist because I'm with you there fully. Um, we, we are part of, you know, just this group of people. And I want to say that our listeners too, we are part of this like-minded group of people who, among other things, believes that that is part of our personal power is when we claim responsibility for the way we feel and think, right? Right. And we stop blaming others because, yeah. again, trying to, not to judge too much, but, you know, I think humanity is moving to that point where we now recognize that we all hold the power, each of us individually, we have to take, you know, charge, we have to heal our own woundedness, right? Mm -hmm. Our own, you know, dysfunctional patterns, everything that keeps us separate, all these things that we've sort of referenced here, right? Yeah. So um, I think that that's one of the things that definitely connects us and, and that you were sort of implying there. But I'll go ahead and go maybe a little bit of a step further and say, yeah, that's the thing that we're all trying to do here is to reclaim our personal power by saying, I have the power to change myself. And it, it's not even so much about what happens outside of me. It's about how I deal with it and how I react to it. So claim your power back because other people don't have, unless you give it to them, the power to really make your life miserable. So, you know, stop pretending that it's about others, right? Yeah. It, you, we're all working together to heal our own wounds individually and collectively, but, you know, let's stop blaming others. Uh, so much of what Eckhart is really great at is helping with that because uh, as we, you know, referenced yesterday, talk about people who have experienced depression and who are perhaps different from yourself, Brandon, who you are a naturally optimistic person. But Eckhart is someone who's very open about having suffered like the depths of depression and near suicidal. Well, and he talks about that. The like people that. who really have a strong pain body are oftentimes the one who can yes. project out quickest. Mm -hmm. you know, they're the most motivated. And I thought that yeah. was a really interesting point as well. Yeah, that's him putting a, a fully positive spin on that whole thing, which is great. But he would know. And, the, and the, the truth is that, as you've said, the practice isn't easy. We both know very well. Yesterday, I started out my day really great and I felt really awesome. I felt very light. But as the day went on, I started to take on more and more heavy energy in mm. spite of myself until you and your brother pointed it out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. It's going on. But mm. so what? And I mm -hmm. got even a little defensive. But, you know, I knew that that was the case. And um, so, yeah, it, it was, you know, another one of these like, you know, opportunities where you sort of miss the chance and you go like, oh, well, you know, let's try again. But at the same time, there was space around my pain because my pain body was awareness, fully yeah. activated. Yeah. yeah. As, as Eckhart has sort of taught me how to recognize. And he's also a master of helping you with that, which I think is so great about your quote from Lori Holden, mm -hmm. is that um, you can't really have space in your life that holds, you know, that sort of surrounds everything and makes it okay. Yeah. It's one of the things that um, is so great that you've referenced as well as how uh, all you're doing is, as you've said before, expanding with the breath. You're expanding your capacity to take on things. And I think that's related to the whole space quality as well. Mm -hmm. You're always ever sort of adding things to yourself. So, you know, in the past, maybe you had an experience that created this whole painful condition and it's like a wire thing in your system, right? It's like, there's like all these pain connections, even in your nervous system somehow, right? Right. But what you want to do now is, even though a lot of us have this tendency to want to go back and undo the past, it's sort of a natural ego reaction to have to say, oh, this thing shouldn't have happened, right? And again, that's resistance. That's saying something shouldn't have happened, but it clearly did, so it should have happened right. if it did happen, right? Right. So what you have to learn is how to integrate it into a larger context. And you're not going to take away the painful experience. You're going to add more to your life that will make it okay. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. Well, Dalian, 
I think we're getting down to it for today's episode, running out of more imaginary time. Luckily, there's plenty more where that came from, so we'll try it again tomorrow. In the meantime, Unless you're wrong about that, but I think you're right. <laughs> Unless we're wrong <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, and uh, let's see, what do we have for music? We have uh, the artist John Z, who we played before, and this track is called Around Us. Hope it makes you feel as good as it makes me feel. And before we check out the musical tastings for today, I would like to add this podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I. So if you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise. As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being. I see the walls, then see them fall. You break through them all. I see you crawl, now you stand. Scream against the stream.